Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity, opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period on tonight's agenda. We acknowledge everyone's participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in our lobby. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Chris Corcorino. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please remain standing for a minute. It's a moment to think about all the uh, military men who are and women who are out serving while we're celebrating Thanksgiving at home. Thank you. Okay. First up, we have the. Uh, the approval of tonight's agenda for our meeting, November 15th. So we have our agenda and the regular session minutes uh, from the October 25th meeting, along with the Sanitary Commission minutes from October 11th. They've all been circulated for review. Uh, are there any additions and or corrections? Motion to add one uh, desk item to the agenda this evening. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, five zero. That motion. Motion carries. to accept the amended agenda and meeting minutes as presented. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, five zero. That one passes as well. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. So we just held a closed session under the uh, general provisions article section three three hundred five B one to discuss boards and commissions, and also article three three hundred five B five to discuss investment of public funds. And I believe we do have a few appointments to announce this evening. So uh, first we had the Commission on Aging Board Membership. Can get a motion on that? Sure, I'll make a motion to um, appoint Rebecca Barbie, Betty Davis, Alan Etman, Kelly Johnson, Judy Kropfelder, Loretta Morris, and Leslie Ray to a term on the Commission on Aging Board starting one January, January 1, 2023 through Jan December 31st, 2026. Second. All right, motion to second, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, next we have the Board of Appeals for Buildings. Uh, I move to reappoint, appoint uh, Lenny, help me. Uh, you're on your own on that. <laughs> Jack Jakimowitz. Yes, to fill the vacancy on the Board of Building Appeals, this term will expire on December 31st of 2025. 
Second. Lenny, if you're watching, I apologize. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? stab at that. All right, thank you, commissioners. Next up, we have the uh, Parks and Recreation Advisory Board. We have um, economic development. What's next? No, it's next meeting. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Parks and Rec Advisory Board. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I move to appoint Marlene Stanton to fill the vacancy on the Park and Recreation Advisory Board. This term will expire on December 31st of 2026. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Passes five two. All right. Excellent. Thank you, commissioners. Next up, we have the planning commission. I move to appoint. Uh, let's see who was that again. Uh, <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben Tillman to fill the vacancy on the planning commission. The term will expire on December thirty first, twenty twenty seven. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. <laughs> Motion and a second. Uh, all those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, five zero. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, lastly, we have the uh, Property Tax Assessment Appeals Board. I move to appoint Laura Plemons to fill the vacancy on the Property Tax Assessment Appeals Board. This term will expire on December 31st of 2027. Second. All right, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero carries. <laughs> all right, thank you, commissioners. That is all of the appointments we had for this evening. Uh, we can move into press and public comments. So, thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone, state your name, address, and topic of interest. In keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. All right, uh, we have uh, Bob Zillig. Hi, my name is Bob Zillig. I live at 702 Long Point Road in Graysonville, Maryland. And I would like to share with you the questions that our community is concerned about relative to the armored storage uh, request for a change in critical area regulations, which I oppose. So I'm going to read off a list of questions that we think should be considered. The first is, is this building enormous size appropriate for the critical area shoreline? How can the applicant claim that a smaller facility is not economically viable, yet U-Haul is a very successful identical business at one-third the size? Are the existing 11 storage facilities all within several miles inadequate to meet our community needs? Does the Kent Island residential community need this capacity, given that new comprehensive plan has capped residential growth? Can Kent Island absorb the 1,100 incremental storage units without driving out existing business providers? Are you creating an unfair competitive advantage or an unlevel playing field by relaxing environmental regulations for this particular applicant? Are there substantial economic benefits being realized by our community? Is a 1.5-acre undevelopable tidal marsh a substantial economic value? Is there any immediate plans by the county to utilize the marsh's water access? Is the applicant's claim of $150,000 for the marsh a valid fair market value? How do the negotiated community benefits compare to other previous critical area agreements like Four Seasons? Is it proportional? Is it defensible? 
Does the negotiated economic value set a reasonable precedent for future infill critical area requests? Does the county realize that they are settling, setting a precedent, sort of creating a slippery slope, whereby the Kent Narrows intense development commercial area is going to gradually expand out into Chester, into Graysonville? Why did the 714 and 1110 Planning Commission meetings specifically identify consistencies with the comprehensive plan, but never mentioned a single inconsistency? For example, a guiding principle stated in the comprehensive plan on page two is, quote, to sustain Queen Anne's County as a good steward by preserving and protecting the Chesapeake Bay and its tributaries. This is exactly what critical area shoreline regulations do. Isn't this an inconsistency that should have been noted? Is it right to only affirm the applicant's submitted consistencies, but never mention the inconsistencies of which there are many? Why must private citizens adhere to impervious regulations, yet a developer can negotiate for changes? Why is there no mitigation required for the proposed 1.4 acres of mature forest being removed? Will the community understand why existing environmental regulations, which have been in place for 30 years, are being reduced? Considering the bridge and freeway expansion plans, shouldn't we be demonstrating a heightened awareness of protecting our remaining shorelines? And finally, is the county tourism slogan where shore living begins consistent with decisions that reduce shoreline protections? In closing, our community appreciates your commitment to public service and your willingness to ask the tough questions needed in order to make the best decision for our community that will stand the test of time. Thank you. Thank you. Can you read yes. that? Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. All right, that's all ahead on the list. Anybody else who wanted to speak at press and public comment? Anybody online? All right, we'll close press and public comment. All right, commissioners, uh, we can move into our presentations portion of this evening's agenda. If you want to turn to tab number six, we have um, Kathy Willis, the director of um, area on aging, area on aging and our community services group. So we have Miss Willis and her senior management team, Mike Clark and Andy Sparks. Come on up. So the presentation is up on the screen as well and on tab six item number i oh thank you pretty much all you okay all right good evening um we're here for our, our regular update and um i wanted to start off with a few things but we have a very nice presentation by mike clark tonight so we will leave with that um after telling you just a few things going on in the department overall um every year you know we have the Holiday Gala, which is coming up December 9th, and we wanted to thank you very much for sponsoring it this year so that it is free of cost for all the participants. It will be held on December 9th, and tickets are already sold out, correct? Oh, really? Imagine yes. that. They went before the advertisements totally came out through the senior centers. So um, everybody is very excited, and we're looking forward to seeing you at that again. Such a great event. It is. Ah, it's a lot of fun. Yes, they can. Very much. Um, and before I get into the next piece, I'd like to give Annie a moment to introduce our administrative team so I can go on to the next piece to tell you what's going on in transit. Yes, yeah, so we do have a, you know, th exciting things to share with you this evening, largely because of our aging administrator staff team that we have. So we have Ann Van Winschoten, who is our community care administrator. Please stand, please stand, and stay standing. <laughs> we have Stacy Voorhees, our senior center administrator. Mm -hmm. 
Stephen Palmer, who is our transit administrator, Michelle Marshall, who is our aging services fiscal administrator, and Don Starkey. Now, Don is sitting over on the trader side. Um, Michelle Marshall's come on from, from Mike's shop in housing to take over the aging fiscal administrator position because Don Lang will be retiring in the next few months after 32 years of service to the county. Wow. So the reason that I wanted you to stand and stay standing is because of the amazing work that you guys do and the commitment that you make to our seniors and our community. It is it goes without being said, it's amazing the commitment you guys make. So thank you very, very much. And fortunately for the county, Dawn will be staying on with the FEC as their secretary. So she's a very valuable part to your county. Um, one, of the, one of the next exciting things we have is a new development in County Ride, which we have spoken to several powers that be to see that we could proceed and do this. Um, thanks to our new administrator, uh, Steve, we are starting a campaign for Ride Free in 23. So all transportation services, whether they are the locally fixed routes on the buses or the demand response door-to-door -door escort services to medical appointments, um, general appointments for all ages in the entire county will be free of service for the calendar year FY fiscal or FY 23. Um, so starting January 3rd is our ribbon cutting and opening um, at the Kramer Center early in the morning, which you all have an invite to, I believe. And we will see if we can't drum up some more business for the, the riders and give a little break to the riders. We've had three or four other large counties in the state of Maryland do this. Uh, Montgomery, Frederick, Charles, and I believe St. Mary's, and they have doubled their ridership in their pilot program of this. So the fares are small, and when the math was done with the work of the fiscal staff here at the, the county office, um, the, the time and um, hourly rates put into taking care of all these, you know, transactions of the funding and the money that comes to the bus, um, it split the profits in half. They're very minimal. Transit runs about a $1.2 million budget, um, so the loss is, is not, not much. So um, we're very excited and looking forward to this, and we hope a lot of new people will, will jump on the bus. So, <laughs> um, those are all of the updates that we have on the aging side, and we wanted to take time tonight to highlight um, Mike's program and the, the homeless programs, so he has an exciting story to share with you. Very good. Mike? So Mike, I know Ben well. Oh, good. I know okay. Ben well. <coughs> great, great guy. Yes. Great he, guy. He's been a great guy and our staff has been loving working with his family and it leads to, um, I just want to thank you for having me tonight to talk about the housing division under what I do. And um, the reason I like talking about it is as a supervisor, a public servant, and human service worker, um, there are two jackpots um, that I see, and the jackpots are defined as things that I, I hope to accomplish when I chose the profession I did. And for me, they were to support people and see them thrive. And then the second one is a supervisor to observe staff, share their enthusiasm when their hard work paid off. 
And well, recently, not only did we hit a jackpot, but we hit the Mega Millions. Um, we had a family who was literally homeless, and they came to us. And with a lot of hard work on their end and support from our end in the housing office, they have allowed us to share. They be, for a lot of hard work from our end, they are now homeowners. And they've allowed us to share their story tonight as we describe what happens in our division of housing. And we really appreciate them for doing that. So, Commissioner Dumanel, you may be aware, but, but for others that don't, the story of, of the Hartman family is, is this, is that they, um, Benjamin Hartman and his family, became victims of financial hardships brought to many families due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The mother was laid off from her employment at the start of the pandemic, and later with, when some restrictions were being lifted, they actually opened her job back up, but only to half the workers. She wasn't in the half that got selected to come back. Um, she had to go on unemployment and unable to find alternate employment that way, and then Mr. Hartman went to work in the fast food industry. So, the start of the journey. The first step in their journey, as far as we're concerned at our Division of Housing, is that the landlords put their current rental, pro rental property up for sale. After the sale, they were not able to stay where they were living. They were also not able to find available rental unit for their price range, so they and their family moved into a hotel. After exhausting all their family resources at the hotel in August of 2020, they found shelter through the Haven Ministries Cold Weather Shelter. That's when they learned about our program, and they contacted Cindy Boone in the Homeless Assistant Prevention Unit, the one we're focusing on right on this slide. And one of the duties of Ms. Boone is to oversee our rapid rehousing program. This program allows us to assist literally homeless individuals and families with intensive case management and financial support. Our goal is to help support people as they move from homelessness, shelter into permanent housing. But our ultimate goal is self-sustainability. That's what we want all our clients to do. So Ms. Boone was able to help the family find a rental unit in Graysonville. They moved into that unit in October 2020, and then after spending 58 days in the shelter, we funded them with grant funding through a Homeless Solutions grant, and we were able to provide financial assistance for the family for the security deposit and first month's rent. And then after that, they were, they were stable and able to cover their rent from there, and we closed the case. So that's how that unit helped them. Um, from left to right, you can see that we have multiple, uh, we, we serve through that program, we serve about about 65 programs in that a year. I am not focusing specifically in this presentation on our COVID, federal COVID money um, right now because we've talked a lot about federal COVID money, but that's, we also did that and just, we also awarded, although I'm not focusing on it, we awarded about 1.6 million in support through that over two years um, for and received about 202 applications to date on that. Uh, in the middle is a chart um, it shows self-sufficiency. Again, focusing on self-sufficiency is one of our major goals. And the idea behind it is that it's a hand up, not a hand out. And with that, you can see that from there, we were able to move. Um, we've moved to folks where about 60% of the folks said that, um, agreed that we helped them become more self-sufficient through a trend, upward trend of, in this last year, 100% of our respondents to our survey said that, that our division helped them become more self-sufficient through the homeless prevention program. And the last picture there is one of my favorites, another one of our clients, a very excited client who, and we're focusing on the program, a program Art for Your Home, and that's provided by the artists with the Queen Anne's County Center for the Arts. 
in partnership with Haven Ministries where every homeless person who, once they get a home, they're allowed to select a piece of art to place in their new home. And this gentleman was extremely excited to both get his piece of art and to move into his home. And it was, it was, that was fun to see. The next phase in our story with the Hardmans, in July of this past year, we received another phone call from them. Their landlord again wanted to sell the property, but this time the landlords asked them if they wanted to purchase the property and they said yes. Prior to this, they had worked very hard to improve their credit score and now they believe they are ready for the next step. So the affordable housing, or the affordable and workforce housing unit, which is what we're focusing on now, discussed our moderately priced dwelling revolving loan program. In March, 2022, they applied and became qualified for the loan. They received the $50,000 loan from the Division of Housing and went to settlement of June of this past year. They are now homeowners. Jackpot. This is the ultimate result that the Division of Housing Community Services strives for, to assist homelessness into homeownership and self-sustainability. It's exactly what we want. Other things that our unit does is that we're also looking for finding ways that fit within the county to find both affordable and workforce housing in ways that fit and strategies that will fit and align with our county. So we have conducted the homeless, the housing study there, which gives us ideas. In the middle center there, that is a picture of Brett Van Zant. He's a volunteer firefighter for the Churchill Volunteer Fire Department. He's lived in Queen Anne's County his entire life and has been active in multiple fire departments throughout his life. And with our critical workforce revolving loan, he was able to purchase a house in Churchill in March of this past year. And then lastly on the map, you can see that through our critical workforce program and our MPDU revolving loan program, we've awarded out 154 loans over the course of those programs. And you can see they're scattered throughout the county there. Well, so we took the brief journey with the Hartmans, but if you're like me, sometimes you just want to stay home. Um, might say a little bit more about me than most people, but I enjoy it at home. Uh, the livability and rehabilitation unit helps lower income homeowners remain in the home that they've often lived in for their very long time, often their entire life. The idea is to help them stay there and stay self-sufficient. By helping people stay in their, in their homes, it also allows the community another affordable housing option because now we don't have to find this person another home. So there at the bottom, you can see one of the examples of, of our rehabilitation program. It's a before and after picture there that we've recently completed. Um, additionally, our, our, this unit rehabilitates homes with people with lower incomes and especially lower income seniors. We ensure our county residents live in homes which are safe and healthy. And lastly, we enforce the livability code for rental residential properties. Up at the top there, you can see that in fiscal year 2022, um, we had 11 projects completed with $94,000. In fiscal year 23, so far we've done seven, so we're well on the way to advancing and beating our previous one. Uh, our customer satisfaction for those folks that we monitored in this program, 100% of them did what we were hoping for. They improved the quality of the living conditions. They said their home was safer. And ultimately the rehab increased their likelihood of staying in the home which is exactly what we're trying to have happen through that program. So I can't tell you that, that with this job, with the stuff I've presented, there are a few things better than, than what I do than this. And I would like to thank you for your support in making it happen.
I'm not going to read everything up there, but I'll print out a couple of quotes that I've received over just in the last couple of months. These are all relatively new quotes. The first one top left there. Miss Denise Jones has accomplished a lot for me. I've been wanting things fixed for a long time and she is getting it done. Thank you very much, Miss Denise Jones. It's not her correct name, it's Whelan Jones, but the quote is the quote and that's her in the top left corner. <laughs> On the right hand side there, I wanted to start out by saying that I truly do not know where I would be where I am right now without Cindy Boone. This woman is an angel. She went above and beyond to help me. She calmed me down when I truly thought I was going to lose my mind. And then the last quote, I am able to afford healthy food, be on time, paying bills, and mentally stress-free and happy. Michelle Marshall has been so helpful, professional, and timely. So again, it doesn't get better for this for me, and I'd like to thank you all for allowing me to do it. Um, there, we believe strongly that our division really affects and makes people in our community better off, and our plan is to work even harder to have more successes in the future. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent work. Well, that concludes our presentation. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to ask. And um, we just want to say thank you on behalf of the entire department for all of the support you give and have given over many years. And we especially appreciate Commissioner Steve Wilson tonight. Thank you for your support. Thank you. You're here. Mike, let me ask you, with, with the, the house rehabilitation, do we have any local contractors that, you know, volunteer time or anything like that towards it, that? Actually, what the, what will happen is we'll set up a project and just like any home rehab, especially with older homes, there you could, like, for example, we just did a home where we set up the project and we scaled it out and then we, and it was going to get a new floor, but when we pulled the new floor up, it was sitting on dirt. So now we have to go in and put footers in there and everything else. and. That wasn't, in the, that wasn't in the budget. So oftentimes, not only the extra time, but sometimes the, the, the builders will volunteer a lot of their time and sometimes resources to do that. Most of the builders, we go out and that are selected either by the homeowner or by us. Um, they, they tend to always put more, more time in it than, than they're really getting out of it. It's, we're very lucky in this county to have the builders that we have here. Good, thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you all. Great presentation. Great story. She will. All right. All right, commissioners. Next up, we have Miss Kelly Huber and her team. Uh, character counts, coach, and character counts. Proclamation twenty-two sixty-four citizenship and twenty-two sixty-three. The 22nd Character Counts and Anniversary Proclamation. We got 13 people here today. Don't we? <laughs> All right, Susan. I'm going to go sit. Yeah, well, I don't need to sit. Wayne, you want to come over? You guys can sit. If you want to sit and wait, Martha, you can sit. You sit. All right. Well, <laughs> good, good evening. Thank you for having us. Um, we obviously have quite a few guests with us here today. Um, we have my two um, character counts co-advisors. One of them we haven't seen for a while and we've been missing her and this is the first time. So very exciting. Um, Susan Coppage, Wayne Humphreys. We've got some of our advisory members. We've got Martha Anthony, Mike Clark. Um, Connie Dean is back here. 
There she is, and Jody Simmons. So we brought a crowd, and then we have a special guest um, that wrote our um, proclamation for this month, and it is the Sudlersville Community Betterment Club. So we've got Martha and and my group here. I'll introduce you. Thank you for having us, and good evening, gentlemen and Jerry. Nice to see you. Okay. The Community Club of Sudlersville is known as the Betterment Club. Oh, hold um, on. Are you getting her all right, Bruce? Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. People at home got to be able to hear you. I taught school for many years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we'll start. This is Loretta Walls. I know some of you might know her already. She's oh, heard uh, of me. president of the Betterment Club. This is Sharon Andrews from Sudlersville, Sudlersville, Millington. And this is Laura, Laura, your daughter's Laura, Ginny Moran, also from Sudlersville. And then, of course, myself. And I belong to the Betterment Club because um, my grandmother did for many years, and Loretta and I are related, so <laughs> kind of got to ask to help. Keeping it in, and I live in Centerville. So the Betterment Club, and I'm just going to tell you a few things, and I'm going to let Loretta speak was formed in 1916, believe it or not. And can you imagine, it's probably the oldest club that's ever been around in Queens County or maybe the state of Maryland. And we have records that go back to that date. So World, World War One, World War Two, and then all the other conflicts that we've had, the Betterment Club has been in existence to provide you know, things for soldiers or um, many of the women back then worked in factories and things, making things. It's just incredible to read about the Betterment Club. So we're still in existence, and right now we um, have the Sudlersville Train Museum, which is right there at the tracks at the, in Sudlersville. I think most of you might know where that is, if not, you need to come up and visit the train station. In the train station, they have um, all the Sutlersville memorabilia you'd ever want to see, including the town clock that was on Cox Hall, which is not there anymore. And as well as a Jimmy Fox memorabilia, which <laughs> is near and dear to our heart. So um, we would invite you to come up and, and partake in visiting with us if you can't make it on. We're open the first Saturday of the month from April to May, December, December Sharon. Yes. So, or if you want a special tour, we can do something for that as well. So Loretta, you wanna say a few words? Well, I'd like to thank, uh, thank all of you for your support to the Southersville Community Betterment Club and uh, uh, especially your financial support has really helped in the past few years. Uh, we have uh, been able to build a storage building, um, which we needed uh, because we have been collecting uh, uh, memorabilia, artifacts for the last 25 years, and our small museum cannot hold it all. <laughs> so we were able to build our storage building, and, and um, financial help is always 
uh, welcome, you know, and we, we appreciate that. One more thing I forgot to tell you. In 1916, the dues were $1.10 a year. In 2022, it is now $10 a year. So if any of you would like to join, just send a check to, to the Sellersville Betterment Club. And we'll I don't think that's keeping up with inflation right now. <laughs> I yeah, think, it should be higher, but that's okay. <laughs> well, but we're, you know. Yeah. I'd like just, to thank uh, Jack for coming up and, and totally. supporting us, uh, coming to several of our programs. We've seen him several times. Oh. So, uh, do, very familiar with the train. Yes. And now there uh, many times. So. Yes. So, uh, yes. And we invite all of you too to come up and see us. Uh, so, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I got the proclamation. Yes, you do. I do. I have the proclamation. Uh, proclamation 2264. Uh, whereas Queen Anne's County was declared a character counts community, and whereas all citizens are called upon to embrace the six pillar, pillars of character, incorporating and modeling these traits in their daily activities. And whereas the month of November focuses on the pillar of citizenship, and whereas citizenship is defined as being vested with the right, privileges, and duties as a citizen in fulfilling your responsibilities. Good citizens accept responsibility not just for themselves but for advancing the common good. And whereas the foundation of any community becomes stronger when individuals, businesses, and service organizations working together in partnership to solve problems and make a positive difference. And whereas the Sellersville Community Betterment Club has been in existence since 1916, and whereas it has served in partner with the community of Sellersville for 106 years, providing service and community projects, promoting town and county functions, supporting local groups and organizations, the fire department, local libraries, schools, and churches. They have been involved in special projects such as the Sellersville train station, the Jimmy Fox Memorial, Memorabilia Memorial, have planted trees and bushes to beautify the town and continue to place flags for veterans in the cemetery in partnership with the town of Sellersville. And whereas the Betterment Club strives to be informed and involved in activities that promote citizenship by doing their fair share to make the community better, whether it's respecting or bettering the environment, serving on a jury, or helping a friend, neighbor, or group in need. And whereas the Sellersville Community Betterment Club fosters an environment that promotes respect, positive values, democracy, and uses, and uses resources available to make the world a better place and urges citizens to realize that the performance of even one good act can positively affect an entire community. And now, therefore, the Queen Anne's County Commissioners do hereby designate the Character Counts Pillar for November to be citizenship, written by the Southersville Betterment Club. Mm -hmm. well done. Well, such a lot. Yep. Did you ask about a picture? We, can we get one afterwards? Sure. Do you need to? Yes. Shall we just wait? Mm, yeah. So we have part two of Character Counts as well. Um, we sit here today celebrating another milestone, 22 years here in Queen Anne's County. So it is the 22nd anniversary, I think. In November, we seem to come every year. Um, but it's been a time of rebuilding since COVID. I mean, COVID changed us quite a bit, um, took away a lot of what we worked up to. But we're back. We're able to recruit. We've been out there um, the, this summer, Peach Festival, the fair, back to school events. Um, we were just at Centerville Day. We're going to be in the parade. We're doing all kinds of things. We've gone from 21 coaches at the beginning of school to 70. Um, so we're getting there, um, which is really exciting to say. Just trained a few new ones last week. Um, what's even more impressive, we've got 70% of the classrooms covered. 
Um, we've got some coaches at the middle school that are involved in a pilot program we, where we have three coaches that go in and teach character counts three times a week, um, which is pretty cool. Um, they're a pilot program, so hopefully maybe it can spread to the other schools if they adopt the same program. Um, character counts one, again, years, six years, organization that makes our community a better place. Um, we, there was also um, an article that was just written up about character counts as teacher of the month. Um, and it was featured in the October 20th issue. And it was a big full page write up of character counts and um, just kind of what we do uh, here in the community. So that was quite an honor. Um, we were also asked to become a member of the National Character Counts Ad uh, Council Advisory from Drake University. So lots going on. Um, so two special things happening. We have the Sudlersville Betterment Club here with us, and we have the 22nd proclamation um, or anniversary proclamation. So I'm going to turn it over to Wayne, um, who would like to just share a few words for us. Um, it's been really <clears throat> 23 years ago since uh, the community came together and asked the, uh, uh, there was meetings and uh, which were sponsored by the local management board. And they came up with uh, two really important things that they would like to do if they voted on them. And that was uh, having some kind of a character education program and then having good after school programs. Um, I can remember it was about 22 years ago this month where one of the citizens came up to me and said, I don't believe that government actually listens to people, but they did this time and we're just uh, so happy that that we're gonna have these two type of uh, initiatives in, in Queen Anne's County. Um, the support of the commissioners, all of you have just been incredible for us. Um, I wanna just take a moment. It, uh, we do appreciate each and everything you do, each one of you, the way you have supported us, and Todd as well. Uh, and I would just wanna take a second and present this to Steve and our appreciation for your support of us over the years. Thank you, folks. So, so Wayne, real quick, can I ask you a quick, quick question? I mean, we're, we're going back 22 years to the, the creation of Characters Counts in our community and the six pillars. Could, could you, is there, do you know how we achieved those six pillars and how we came up with citizenship and? Yes, actually there was a pilot project uh, that was going in one of the schools uh, in Kennard. It was called Winner's Walt Tall. And they were associated in some way with uh, the National Character Counts Program. So that, that name popped up and then also, there was an organization out of Easton that was trying to uh, put together some character counts programs in the region. And uh, we contacted them, and they gave us a lot of support and made a, a lot of the, uh, the fundamental things happen for us. Uh, we appealed to the state of Maryland through the local management board for a special uh, grant for to support this program to get it off the ground and uh, it was an initiative through the 
local management board in the state of Maryland that provided the initial funds to get the, the program up and running and to get us a, a coordinator to hire someone to actually uh, start the thing. And uh, as I say, it's, uh, it's been an amazing quick 20 some years. And here years. we are 22 years later. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the amount of uh, support the community's always given. I think you made a fine example. We've gotten kind of uh, low in way of uh, having uh, character uh, counts people in the schools, but with your fine work, as always, uh, Kelly, uh, her leadership abilities uh, have been recognized by a number of groups. Uh, uh, the way she kept the program up and running through the COVID shutdown by uh, the help of the county uh, 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 QACTV. QACTV, uh, they put together programs. I think some of you may have been uh, invited to or been participants in those. Uh, I know a number of the elected officials have, and and we continued the program that way. And uh, as they were learning uh, remotely, we, they had remote character counts programs available to them to keep them uh, in, involved. It uh, it's been uh, a, an unbelievable period of time here the last few years. And Kelly, your leadership. Uh, I just I almost go to tears thinking about how all the hard work that you've put in to making and keeping the, the initiative strong and, and growing. And I just want to make sure we thank her for Thank you. Thank you. I think we're we'd like to have the 22nd proclamation yes um and i always look forward to reading um you know the celebration each year I, I will i will boast that i was a characters counts coach myself i did the ninth graders at at the annex um and then i did the fourth graders at um bayside elementary school an interesting uh, dynamic between the ninth graders and the and the fourth graders as you Couldn't can imagine and my partner in crime was Steve Ahrens who's now a delegate for us in 36 district delegation when he walked into the room <laughs> I don't care if it was a ninth grade or the fourth grade uh, you knew he had entered the room but um, he was a great partner and I appreciated the time that I got to spend being a characters counts coach so I too will try to get through this um, proclamation 2263 Whereas in the spring of 1999, the people of Queen Anne's County recognized the importance of positive character traits in the people and encouraged one another to incorporate these values in their daily lives. And whereas in November of 2000, Queen Anne's County officially declared a character counts community by the Board of County Commissioners. And whereas characters counts encourages all citizens to model the invaluable traits of the six pillars, which include trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and of course citizenship. And an ongoing commitment to promote character development and ethical behavior in our children and throughout our community. And whereas during these past close to 1,200 volunteer character coaches have delivered almost 95,000 character counts experiences to our children and over 80 local businesses have participated in character counts initiatives as a business of character and whereas character counts has built great partnerships in the public school system county agencies nonprofits 
child and family care organizations, as well as elsewhere in the community. And with the help of these partners and the media, the message of character counts is widespread throughout Queen Anne's County. And whereas character counts continues to flourish, the citizens of Queen Anne's County see the value and the spirit of character counts, working in so many ways, proving that good character is essential. And whereas through character counts, our community has been and will continue to promote the goals of Queen Anne's County's character counts, advisory council to strengthen personal character traits, build families and character, and create a more cohesive community of character. And now therefore, the Queen Anne's County Commissioners do hereby recognize and invite our citizens to celebrate 22 years and the 22nd anniversary of character counts here in Queen Anne's County. To me, to me, it's amazing to have a program like this and have so much involvement both in the business community with characters, business character, uh, and, and the commitment that has lasted 22 years. Sometimes you have programs um, that don't withstand um, a COVID, um, you know, changes in policy, changes in leadership. But the Characters Counts program has sustained for 22 years, and it's, and it's folks like yourself and our dear friend Jackie. So. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. And can we get a picture? They would like a picture with you guys. Oh, sure. Sure. Please. Thank you. Jack loves to have his picture taken. <laughs> take that with you, Steve. <laughs> Come on. Put that no, no, no. <laughs> Excellent work, excellent work. All right, our next presenter is um, Queen Anne's County Fire and EMS Chairman, Mr. Bill Faust. Billy, you got a tough act to follow, man. We just had some nice presentations and now we got you up here. It was, uh, I was talking to Steve Chanley back here. It was uh, impressive to hear about the museum and all. I've been in it, naturally, being from Sozo. Grew up in it, didn't you? Yeah, but she talks about, she talked about the old town clock at Cox Hall. Well, when I was six years old, I would spend a night at my grand grandparents' house so I could go wind the clock with my grandfather. Oh, really? And we used to have to climb all the way up to the top and hand wind it every Sunday morning. Wow, that'd be we did that, that was, that was just a little bit of, but it was really, and Mr. Retta Wallace, boy, she puts in her time with that Betterment Club. She does a nice job. 
she takes care of the statue of Jimmy Fox up in the four corners, does a great job. Uh -huh. Wow. Now to the reason why I'm here. <laughs> it says year in review. Year in review. Well, it's more like a few years in review because I haven't been able to get in here because of COVID and everything else. First off, when we talk about COVID, I want to deeply, deeply express my thanks to you commissioners for stepping up and helping the fire departments when we couldn't do fundraisers and, and help us out with the money that we lost during the COVID year. And uh, I, I, that was a really impressive thing for you guys to do. You didn't have to do it, but you did it, and it helped all the fire companies stay going. Um, number two, uh, I want to thank, from the, the volunteer side, I want to thank for what you did for Department of Emergency Services with the LEOPS. They've needed it. Um, we, were losing a, we were losing a lot of great people going somewhere else because of the retirement and things like that. So that's, we put a finger in that dike and we've stopped that leak. So I want to thank you for that. Um, I also want to thank you for all the continued support with our LOSAP program for the volunteers and our life insurance stuff and uh, helping us make uh, our jobs a little easier with the volunteer fire departments. Um, I also want to thank Scott Haas and his team because uh, I'm sure most of you know it, but like when we go off on a ambulance call and we have to take them to a hospital, the time sitting at that hospital are crazy. And now they've gotten a, a, an understanding with Easton Memorial and all like that, University of Maryland, and hopefully it's, it's fixed that. But um, that's what's hurting the volunteers because back when I was riding the ambulance all the time, you were an hour. From the time you got the alert to the time you got back. And that was back when Solosville was the only ambulance. There was none in Churchill, Millington, or Crumpton. We had the whole northern end of the county and part of Kent. And you could figure an hour. Plus, back then, uh, we had people that, like Delmar, Sash, and Dorn, places like that, that when you worked for them, they would let you go on the call and not stop paying you. Well, they can't afford to do that now with six, seven-hour rides to the hospital. So... I, I, I just think we, we've been doing a lot of hard work looking at it with Scott and the uh, DSAC team and Scott Wheatley, who is leaving us. But, <laughs> um, well, that's not it. That's just he's put in to leave. Yeah. yeah he did, it hasn't necessarily been approved. It. Oh, is that right? Oh, well, well just yet. let me know where I need to go to fight against that approval. <laughs> but uh, um, that, that's our year in review. Um, I, again, I want to thank you all for all the financial support. And if we, any of us have a function, we see somebody's there all the time. And we do appreciate that. And it does not go unnoticed. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank my uh, liaison to you all and, and, and the backup. I want to thank you gentlemen for, for being there. Um, and, and working with us very well and just doing a great job with us and we're trying to do that with you guys so i want to thank you i think it would be remiss if we didn't mention that that how fortunate the citizens of queen Anne's county are uh, having that we have you know a volunteer fire service we have nine companies uh here in queen Anne's county and and if we had to go to a paid service uh the, the dollar amount would would be absolutely devastating so 
to to support our volunteer firehouses. Not as 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 commissioners, as, it's a given. But our citizens who go out and attend the fundraising events and participate, uh, it's a huge help to the fire companies. So. For the folks that are watching and listening in, a continued support year after year of our volunteer firehouses is, is uh, extremely important. And, and I think we take for granted, not on purpose, obviously, but we take for granted the, uh, the great work that they do uh, and working collaboratively with our Department of Emergency Services as well. It's a, it's a great cohesive partnership and we are fortunate that we have leadership on both sides that make that work. Well, not only that, they're part of their fabric in the community, and I think that's where the volunteers, you know, you see them everywhere, not just when they're out there helping you in an emergency, but you see them in the grocery stores, you see them just about everywhere in the county. And I think that's, you know, and, and one of the things I'll say in being on the FEC where it's the combined volunteer and paid side come together, they work seamlessly together, and everything they do, they may sit there and have their arguments, but at the end of the day, it's always what's best for the county and the safety of the county, and, uh, you know, I think head and shoulders, we have the best volunteer slash paid service in the state of Maryland by Without far. So, and that's a credit to everybody in the leadership, Scott and Scott and Billy and his team on the FEC. So thank yep. you for all you guys yeah. do. And of course, Don. Oh my God, that's yeah. mine. <laughs> Don't forget Don. Yeah. I, tell, I tell her every day when I talk to him, I'm like, now, has anybody told you lately how much I really do appreciate you? <laughs> and, and that's it. Now I would like to ask Scott and Scott to step up with me for a minute. Um, one of our dear friends is one of our big supporters on both sides, the paid and volunteer and the sheriff's department. Uh, department of Emergency Services is leaving us, he, uh, Mr. Wilson. Um, and I talked with the sheriff and with Director Haas and we have a little gift for you. But you got anything to add to that, Mr. Haas? Well, your gift is the most important, but there, there's one thing that we want to add to the gift. Uh, Scott and me sat around the office today and had a lengthy conversation about a couple things. And on average, a paramedic spends, what, about 4,000 hours to become a paramedic? Yes, sir. And uh, one of our proudest days, probably the proudest day a paramedic has, is when you receive this patch in the mail and wear the patch on your sleeve. Uh, Commissioner Wilson? Steve, our close friend, uh, you spent 4,000 plus hours with us over the course <laughs> of eight years and probably know our service better than we do. If, if you want to know a stat, you want to know what our units are doing, hospital delay times, whether hospitals are on alert or not, you know it all. You know our system as well as we do. And we think you deserve to have a paramedic patch for all the time that you uh, put in with us you're pretty much a paramedic as one of us. So thank you for that. And we also have the second patch that means the world to us is our departmental patch. And I got a challenge coin I wanna give you that has our departmental patch on it. Uh, and then Bill's got the, the premium thing here. We got a patch with all three of the departments that you've overseen and helped out with everything you've done. And uh, it has all the line fire departments on the bottom and the Sheriff's Department, DES, and the FEC patch. We'd like to present that with you, to you for all your years of supporting us and uh, along with the rest of you, but uh, Steve's always had our back and you guys will continue to have our back. So I just <laughs> want to.
don't know what you said. <laughs> Guys, get a picture. Beth, get a picture. Much appreciation. Oh, my goodness. Scott, get in there. Let me know when that meeting is to decide whether you're going to accept his retirement or not. Yeah, yeah, that, it, it'll be a public hearing on that. It'll be sometime in fiscal 2024. Uh, okay, we haven't scheduled the hearing yet, though. <laughs> Sabbatical. We'll be back. What it's like to be a saint. <laughs> I'm getting a picture. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right, commissioners. Our next uh, present presentation is uh, for the Homeless Youth Awareness Month. This is Proclamation 2256, and we have a hey, Jim read it. Another couple of guests here. We have uh, Stephanie Johnson, the Executive Director, Abigail Smith, the Youth Advisory Board Co-Chair, and Desiree Jefferson, the Youth Program Director. Would you please come on up? <coughs> yeah. And this is uh, Tab Six, Item Eleven. Going to read some more business. Page Eleven. Yeah, uh, Stephanie couldn't be here with us today. She oh, had okay. um, some other commitments to be at. But um, my name is Desiree Jefferson. I'm the Youth Program Director. And basically um, what we do at His Hope Ministries is we are a shelter in Denton, but um, we cover everywhere. So um, we get people from Maryland, Queen Anne's, Dorchester, all over, and then sometimes other states. And um, I work with youth directly. And what our youth program does is we basically um, assist youth that are struggling with housing instability and we get them in the housing. We, uh, upon approval, we can do first month's rent and security deposit. And then um, we help them with goals. So we help them get employment. We help them get um, secondary education. We help them um, further in life with anything that they need help with, mental health, anything. Um, and we basically mentor them into becoming civilized citizens and doing what they need to do. So um, we wanted to thank you all for presenting this um, proclamation because it, it helps us get out awareness because a lot, we know that there are um, you know, homelessness and struggles with homelessness, but we don't really think about 13 year olds that are struggling with homelessness without kids, I mean, without parents. Um, there is a lot of um, minors that are now struggling with homelessness on the Eastern Shore. So um, we're glad to be here today and be um, presented this so that we can continue to raise awareness and get them the resources that they need. Awesome. Very good. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I've got the proclamation. It's Proclamation 22-56, Proclamation for National Homeless Youth Awareness Month 2022. Whereas the Queen Anne's County Commissioners proclaimed the month of November, November as National Homeless Youth Awareness Month, and whereas the purpose of National Homeless Youth Awareness Month is to raise awareness and educate the citizens of Queen Anne's County about the homeless youth crisis, the issues that these young people face, the many reasons young adults 18 to 24 are homeless, and the role citizens can play in ending youth homelessness. And whereas his Hope Ministries is committed to providing emergency shelter and supportive services, as well as meals and other supportive services to young adults 18 to 24, experiencing housing instability or homelessness. And whereas the commissioners of Queen Anne's County recognize 
that hunger and homelessness continue to be a serious problem for many young adults, 18 to 24, individuals and families in Queen Anne's County, particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic. And whereas the intent of National Homeless Youth Awareness Month is consistent with the activities of His Hope Ministries and all His Hope Ministries programs. And now therefore be it resolved that the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County hereby proclaim November as Homeless Youth Awareness Month here in Queen Anne's County and be it further resolved that the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County encourage all citizens to recognize that many people do not have housing and need support from people and organizations in their communities. Signed, the Queen Anne's County Commissioners. So I just had a curiosity, how many, can you give us any numbers of what, what you've, you know? Like, okay, so currently we work on the fiscal year from July to July. Okay. So July um, of this year till currently, I only have four youth from um, Queen Anne's County currently. But that's basically because we're located in Denton and after, we started in 2019 mm -hmm. and then COVID hit. And then so now we're finally getting out into the communities and stuff. So I'm trying to raise awareness in this county. But um, so for right now, four in Queen Anne's. So four for Queen Anne's County. How about the other surrounding counties? The other it? surroundings this year, we have about 48. 48? Yes. Wow. From July to now. Okay. 48. Wow. Yes. And that's in between the ages of 16 and 24. Very good. Yes. Best of luck. Yeah. Thank you. You did a good work. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Did you pay on that one? Nope. You guys want to pay that? Yeah, yeah and this sure, is, yeah. And that's for you. Thank you. Thank sure. you. That's my phone. Oh. One more. Commissioners, we can move into the new business for this evening. Uh, first uh, up, we have the Department of Public Works, and they have uh, five items. Uh, item number one, if you want to turn to tab number two. Item number one on page one. Um, Lee Edgar, our chief engineer, is going to give us a brief update on the National Flood Insurance Program. Uh, we are uh, trying to enter into the Community Rating System Program, which will help our communities and our property owners uh, reduce uh, flood insurance rate, rates here in Queen Anne's County. So it's been a long process, but Lee wants to give you a brief update on where we are. Before we do that, that though, I, this is Kelly Hamilton, your animal Hello, services chief. Hello. I don't believe some of you have met her. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Well, good evening, commissioners. Uh, th thank you, Todd, for the introduction. Uh, more importantly, the emphasis that be brief. I would like to do that. This uh, process by which we've been going through uh, application for the community rating system and uh, having a community assistance visit from uh, FEMA has been long. It's been going on for several years. We are near the end of closing out what has been a three-year community assistance visit or CAV process. Since we're close to the end, we felt it was an appropriate time to provide you with an update. Earlier this year, we received from FEMA a final report which uh, had their final findings with regard to the visit. Just a brief little bit of background, just a reminder that uh, Queen Anne's County is a participate excuse me, a participating community with the National Flood Insurance Program. For several decades now, the federal government had stepped in to provide flood insurance for properties in an industry where generally the private sector is either unable or would have very high rates due to it being a significant risk. In exchange to the federal government doing that, it requires that participating communities establish certain minimum standards by which properties may be developed and improvements are placed in a regulated floodplain, generally the 100-year floodplain. So here with Queen Anne's County, we have our floodplain management ordinance. We have basic criteria and everything, the minimums required by FEMA. In addition, we have several higher standards. So for example, a two-foot of freeboard, meaning you need to elevate your first floor a little bit higher. We have some other higher standards that we've just very naturally fallen into as a result, we decided to pursue uh, participation in the community rating system, which would result in reduced flood insurance premiums for all property owners in the county. As part of that application to the community rating system, or CRS, FEMA requires that we have a recent community assistance visit, or CAV. Now, it is important to note that this CAV happens irrespective to CRS. A CAV, they will visit us from time to time, generally every three to five years. In this case, owing to a variety of circumstances, it's been closer to 10 years. FEMA will send a representative out and they will review our ordinance, our practices, meet with staff. They will take a stack of our permits, quite literally a stack. And In this audit. case, <laughs> it was from October 2009 to December 2020, uh, about 500 in total. Uh, they will review them all. Uh, they had about, of that 500, they had about 113 or so that they had questions about. Say, hey, t tell me more. How did you come about this variance? Or where's the documentation sur surrounding number of flood vents? Because they, we give them just the basics and then they'll look at the detailed flood packet. So following this process now, we have about of that uh, 500 permits or 14 remaining outstanding that we're working with in closing out in that permit review. Hmm. Another element of it, back in May, they spent about three days with us, with our floodplain manager, touring the county, literally going around to all the different uh, coastal areas and just looking to see, hey, here's an active construction site. Is everything, has everything been approved and permitted? Oh, this, this shed here has that, is it properly elevated or protected? These propane tanks, are they anchored? Those kinds of things, they will develop a long list of questions that we follow up on. In many cases, the answer is, nope, that's not in the floodplain, it's fine, or yes, it's permitted, everything's in order. 
Other times, perhaps they observe certain things such as propane tanks or sheds which have been added without a permit or a garage that had been converted to a livable space, those kinds of things. Part of the permit review, once in a while, they'll find some things where a building permit was issued and for whatever reason, the certificate of occupancy had not been uh, closed out. So those are the things that we're wrapping up on. In general, FEMA gave a pretty good uh, bill of health for Queen Anne's County and how we implement our program. The number of permits that needed follow-up were pretty routine. Um, there, there was a couple things that we are going to need to work on and the idea being that when we can close out the cab with a clean bill of health within the next few months would enable us to continue closing out the application for participation in the community rating system. It is essential that we follow up with all of the items that they have for us to resolve. Failure to do that would, could potentially result in the county's community being put on probation or even removed from the system. The one thing that do want to draw your attention to uh, is that the uh, Beach Harbor campground is something that FEMA is, is, is aware of. Shocker. Right. And, and it's, it, it's an issue. We, uh, staff has been working on this and we believe that there are a few different potential paths forward. Uh, public works, planning and zoning. Uh, we're working together with FEMA as well as conversation with the board with Beach Harbor and, and looking at some different options. One of the challenges is that it's, it's not quite permittable at this point due to its zoning. So we're, we're going to be looking at some options. What FEMA is willing to do is we will assemble a path forward to take care of permitting or getting everything in Beach Harbor up to floodplain standards. And if they accept that path forward, they're willing to bring that out as something separate that we can work on in the years ahead and close out the cab with a good bill of health and then allow the community races rating system to proceed. So mm -hmm. that is where we're at. Perhaps not as brief as uh, we'd hope, but uh, <laughs> any questions? Yes, question. How many residences do you think in Queen Anne's County are in what we might call a danger zone or under 10 feet out of mean water? Do you have any idea? When at around 2019, when we uh, looked at some of this, there were, I believe, about 2,000 properties that were in the regulated floodplain or the, okay. the the one in 100 chance of having a severe storm which would flood in a given year. You now have, when you use the word, <clears throat> when you use the word of permits, you're talking about basically policies, right? Well, to characterize them like that. Permits would be the uh, permit that planning and zoning would issue to construct a, a the facility. Building permits, the building permits. So there are at this point existing policies, correct? How many? How many 500? flood policies? Yeah, 500. Uh, Is that what? Oh, flood policies. Yeah. Well, in theory, 2,000. If you have 2,000 properties in the flood zone, pretty much all of them have to have a flood insurance policy. Right. Uh -huh. uh, several years ago, and some of the numbers have changed with the regulations and everything, but, and keep in mind too, that there are people who are outside of the regulated floodplain who recognize that they still are at risk of flooding, yeah. 
perhaps it may not be a one in a hundred, one in 500, but so as a result, uh, in 2019, there were approximately 2,300 policies for structures in the flood, or policies for structures for flood Enforce. insurance in Fulton County. Right. Correct. Would you give a shot at, is there a, a kind of median cost per, uh, per unit? That I can't say, but we did, for example, th this perhaps will help. So in 2019, there were 2,300 structures which were assessed a total of approximately $1.3 million annually in flood insurance premiums. Uh, with participation in the CRS, if we get the 10% discount that we are anticipating, it would be approximately $100,000 in saving, combined savings for all of those property owners. 565 a year, Stevie. Yeah, roughly. I was right trying now. to find out if there's basically a median premium. Five sixty-five. Yeah, five hundred sixty-five. Five hundred sixty-five okay. a year would be the median. Okay, good. Answers the question. Thank you. Very well. Should we be pushing this to people that are at some risk but don't have it, or should we just sit still? I, a lot of times, it's it's a, a mandate by the mortgage company. If you carry a mortgage on a home, they're going to require not only do you have homeowners insurance, but point. if you're in a flood floodplain. But it didn't answer my question, which was, should the county sort of warn people that they ought to be getting this, or what do you think? Well, what percentage are we? What would you say? So you got 2,300 homes out of how many properties in <coughs> say that? I mean, are we talking 20,000 properties? So is it 10% or are we 5%? I mean, I think there's like 19,000 residences or something like that in the county. So we're about 12%, give or take. One of the elements of participating in the community rain system is having, you know, productive outreach to uh, citizens, such as increasing awareness with regard to their risks. It's not uncommon that realtors or potential home buyers will reach out to public works and saying, hey, where, you know, this property I'm interested in, how is it mapped? And we'll provide that type of information on where, where it's mapped. And mm -hmm. when people say, oh, I'm, I'm not in the floodplain, therefore I don't need insurance. Is that correct? We will often advise that, well, you, you may not be federally required, however, your lender may require it. And even so, if you don't have a lender or they don't require it, you may be wise. You, you are here. Yeah, and in if a you're not in that 100 year floodplain, it's relatively affordable. Right, right. And for properties that are just out of it or that are built to uh, high standards, they often benefit from preferred risk policies, which have extremely reduced premiums. So it, it is a good level of insurance. Yeah. So what do they count in terms of an event, a flood event? Is it a sustained event where the floodwaters, say, take a day to recede? Or is it is flash flooding actually? Because I know probably the last couple of years, there's been a lot more flash flood incidents in the county than probably in the past um, that I've noticed anyway. So. Um, I would say that a flood event would be anything where a structure is impacted by floodwater. So it doesn't now, have that to be a long-term. could be an isolated event that only impacted a few properties, mm -hmm. or it could be a something that's classified as a one in a hundred year or a you know, hundred year event, wherein a, lot, a good part of the county where the tidal waters often would reach, for instance, that base flood elevation. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that because the flash flooding, is ne that's not necessarily a coastal issue because, like I said, I've seen it up here where roads have been 
washed over, especially over in the Churchill area and all were. So there's a definition out, so. of what is, is considered a flood by definition. And, and I, it's been a while since I, I used to know it. Um, it was one property larger than three acres um, with three inches more of water or, or, or an area, three acre area um, in a residential neighborhood. It was a definition of what actually truly defined uh, a, a, an actual flood, flood event. event. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Forward on that, uh, Lee. Thank you very much. Any other questions on the flood insurance program? Okay. All right, commissioners. Item number two on page two um, is a host community agreement with uh, R.B. Baker and Sons for some gravel. And uh, Alan, you're going to present that. Lee's got that one as well. well. All right. <laughs> Would you just call him, Mr. Mr. Brief? Mr. Brief. Mr. Brief. Did. <laughs> <laughs> They want a motion ahead of I time. I move that the host community agreement with R.B. Baker and Sons Inc. be executed. Second. Now tell me why Thanks. they have to do this, or they don't. They don't have to do this. They they have uh, not unlike a couple other operations here in the county have have generously agreed to enter into the into an agreement with the county whereby the county may have some access to uh, material for use for public works projects. In this case, up to 500 tons per year of aggregate or fill material, which could be used on roads projects or other county projects which benefit the citizens of Queen Anne's County. And this is something that we've seen from other operations similar to this. Uh, they recognize that they're you know, being here and hosted by the county, that it's a way for them to give back. And so that, that's what is this is. Is this recycled material or is this mine material? This is mine, mine material. Okay. okay. Cool. Free is good. Any yeah, other questions? Mm -hmm. Free is good. I like free. Yeah. yeah. Free is always good. Yeah. All right. Well, so we have a motion to uh, execute the uh, host agreement with R.B. Baker and Son. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That one passes 5-0. That was easy. That's easy. Yeah, that is easy. Free, easy. <laughs> All right, thank you, commissioners. Thank you. Good segue to our next item. Mm -hmm. uh, item number three now on pages uh, six, six through nine, uh, we have a uh, replacement of some cat cages at our animal services division. And we all, as Alan Quimby mentioned, our director of public works, we have the debut of uh, Kelly Hamilton, our uh, chief of animal services. So they have some, uh, some budgeted funds for the replacement of their uh, cat cages, these are actually cat condos. Looking to purchase 10 of those with enclosures from Direct Animal Products of Void, Texas for $47,590. Yeah, see, we can't do any more condos in the county. Right. Is there enough sewage <laughs> capacity to... Well, it's in Queenstown, so... <laughs> oh, it's, so it's under their program. <laughs> These are commercial. <laughs> I moved to purchase 10 cat condos with two enclosures from Direct Animal Products from Boyd, Texas in the amount of $47,590. Second. All right, we got a motion to second. Anybody have any other questions? Or are we gonna go with Commissioner Wilson's uh, approval of the feline <laughs> condominium development? Yeah, there's a nice, there's a nice picture in your, in your book. I saw that. Well. I, saw yeah. I did look at it because I was it curious what a cat condo looks like. Yes, better than my man cave. Yeah, <laughs> no pickleball courts for them. Yeah. I noticed. He's in the but, back. Uh, wait, wait, Steve, he's listen. In the back. That's coming next, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, he's back there. He's lurking. All right. All in favor of the cat condos? Aye. 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 Any opposed? If it makes your new job a little bit easier, it certainly will. It's valued. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it. What kind of around are you looking at on this gut? Um, so once I can put in the order, we're looking at 12 to 14 weeks. That's not too bad nowadays. Nowadays. That's not bad. So Supply chain yeah. issues, that's pretty good. No, that's right. pretty good. So. Answer me a question. What's our cat population now? As of today, I had 55 cats in the shelter. Right. Um, I have several actually out in foster. 46% of our cats are actually out in foster. So we're, we're running pretty close to being almost out of room sometimes. Good. Yep. So this will certainly help. Very, very good number. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, moving on. Uh, our next two items, I believe, are for the Sanitary Commission. Uh, make a motion that we adjourn as the sanitary board. Let's not adjourn. Let's, let's go into first. Can be go into. I'll second. Can be second. One. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Item it's been number a long four. Year. <laughs> item number four on pages uh, ten through twenty-seven is a request for a skid steer loader from the sanitary sewers capital equipment budget. I move to award the bid for the replacement skid steer loader to Burke Equipment Company via Sourcewell bid for sixty thousand eight hundred seventy-three dollars and ninety-seven cents. Second. Motion to second. Any questions? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Five in favor. Can I use it? No. <laughs> I got to use one you can have. Sell. <laughs> I got to use one, he'll sell me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm reading what's wrong with that one. I don't know if you want that one, Phil. <laughs> yeah. right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number five on page 29 through 29. 30. 30, excuse me, is the um, FY23 sanitary water meter replacement contract bid. Hmm. I move to award the lump sum bid of $4,484,830 for the replacement of the sanitary district's water meter infrastructure to, to Utility Services Incorporated, as well as to enter into a 15-year asset management program for the meters and billing system and authorize the Director of Public Works to execute any necessary contracts. Motion to second. Any questions on this one? What does the phrase uh, asset management mean? It means they take care of the meters for the 15 years. Okay. O and M on them. Yeah. Um, I, said, I think I mentioned in the memo they've been doing what, taking care of our water towers for quite some time, which is at the time was a godsend because even back then to paint a water tower is like three or four hundred thousand dollars, and back then that was like half our annual budget. We just couldn't do it. So today we pay them. I don't know. 15,000 a year, and then every 10 years they paint them. So will these get, with, with the older meters, we, we cycle them out, and because you've got some newer meters, obviously, out there in some of the newer communities, we cycle them out, or are you just doing them all? They're gone. Oh, okay. They're not compatible. Okay. Yeah. And this covers, this covers everyone that's out there now, and the newer, new construction from here moving forward to our automatically will go to the correct. new meter. Yes. Right. That's correct. Okay. Right. And cool. that's, that's the, uh, that's the little round plate down yep. inside the hole? Yep. Okay. So when you guys come to do mine, if you just throw some extra seed down, that would be great. Extra seed? <laughs> you want a skid steer? No, no I'm just saying. They, <laughs> they, did some, they did some work on, on mine in front of my house, and, and they put this grass seed down. And I'm telling you what, that stuff is green. <laughs> it's, just make a mess. <laughs> All right. Any Sorry, other questions? Alan. Aye. Okay. <laughs> All those in favor say aye. 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 <laughs> you have to recuse yourself if you get in free seat. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> All right. Any opposed? <coughs> All right. Well, thank you, Commissioner. And on behalf of Public Works, we too 
We'd like to thank Commissioner Wilson for his helping us the past few years. We didn't have enough forethought to buy him a gift, but I do have an authentic Department of Public Works pin. I think that would, I think that would good. There you go. And it's, and it's been covered. actually worn by Alan. And one use uh, skid steer. <laughs> this is a limited edition. They only make 10 million that's a year. Right. <laughs> that's right. Alan, give him the pin. I want to see him get that pin. You live in the dream. <laughs> okay, commissioners, we can move into the uh, action items uh, for this evening if you want to turn to tab number three. That's you, Stevie. Proclamation. Uh, the first one we have is Proclamation 2259, Small Business Saturday. This is a, a going out proclamation for you. What? Yep. So make make it count. You know, you're project your count. voice, head tall. Find his glasses. You want me to read this? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're at. Queen Anne's County celebrates our local small businesses and the contributions they make to our local economy and... Why are you laughing? Mm -hmm. You shouldn't laugh when I read. <laughs> All right. Whereas according to the United States Small Business Administration, there are 32.5 million small businesses in the United States. Small businesses represent 99.7 of firms who paid employees. Small businesses are responsible for 62% of net new jobs created since 1995. And small businesses employ 46.8% of the employees in the private sector. And whereas 79% of consumers understand the importance of supporting the small businesses in their community on Small Business Saturday, 70% report the day makes them want to encourage others to shop small independently owned residents and 66% report that the day makes them want to shop small all year long. And whereas 58% of shoppers reported that they shopped online with a small business and 54% that they dined or ordered takeout from a small restaurant, bar, or cafe on small business Saturday in 2021, Queen Anne County Therefore, it supports our local businesses, it creates jobs, boosts our local economy, and preserves our community. And whereas Queen Anne's County has plenty of local shopping experiences, including a vintage and antique shopping trail, consignment shopping, shop shopping trail, and sure good gifts shopping trail, all of which can be found on visitqueenanne's.com. Whereas advocacy groups, as well as public and private organizations across the county, have endorsed the Saturday after Thanksgiving as Small Business Saturday. Now, therefore, Queen Anne County's Board of County Commissioners do hereby proclaim November 26, 2022 as Small Business Saturday. And we urge the residents of our community and communities across the country to support small businesses and merchants on Small Business Saturday and throughout the year by the Queen Anne County Board of Commissioners. Boom. All right. <laughs> Flawless. Perfect. Well done. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Wilson, for that. 
Okay, moving on. Memorable address. <laughs> moving on. Uh, item number, uh, uh, again, tab three, item two, pages two and three, is a uh, contract for personal protective equipment procurement from the, for the Department of Emergency Services. So they received three bids in response to this solicitation. They range from 35572 to 41496 and they recommend a low bid for uh, 35572 to Boundary Medical. I move to authorize the director of the Department of Parks, excuse, Department of Emergency Services to purchase Rescue ta Task Force personal protective equipment from Boundary Medical in the total amount of 35572 Second. You got so tell us about this there. equipment. I mean, is this like, like SWAT vests? So no. Okay. It is a helmet and a vest, and uh, out of all of our protective gear, our SCBA, our turnout gear for firefighting suppression, this is the one that I'm most passionate about because, God forbid, that day occurs. This allows our career and hopefully someday moving forward for our volunteer community to don this equipment and become rescue task force. We do not want to be one of the counties, one of the systems, that if this terrible thing happens with an active assailant, that we're not prepared. So forward thinking, the boss gave me the green light. We've done our research. I followed the, the procurement policy. And this allows, with the training, our medics to move into the warm zone and help rescue people that in the past have bled out because we did not take right. this proactive how many, how many units? So each unit would receive two sets of gear, vest, helmet, bag. The supervisor units would have extras in case we had a third on a unit precepting or one of us show up, et cetera, et cetera. So I was very passionate about this. I wanted you have storage to sure. on all the units for that? Or, yes, sir. Really? Or, it's getting much smaller. <laughs> Imagine, yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, I was very passionate about this because you read reports, oh, yeah. Pulse Nightclub, different ones where systems weren't set up for this, and the fire and EMS service got torn apart because of it, and I didn't want to leave us set for that. So sure. this is a forward thinking, trying to be proactive, working with our special ops division under Chief Morris, working on this active assailant task force that we have going on right now. If you think about the equipment that you guys staff on your units, I mean, we, we hope we never have to use it because usually the circumstances are, are, are grim. Yes, sir. But, it, but it's something like this is a no-brainer because it protects our, our, our paramedics when they have to go into that warm zone. Um, yeah. One, one thing Scott left out is his division, along with Lori's division, have spent hundreds of hours training Stop the Bleed through the school systems. We've got Stop the Bleed kits in all the school system uh, facilities. Uh, we're currently working with county agencies and county departments to do Stop the Bleed training. Visiting animal, animal uh, uh, welfare tomorrow. So. And we've also purchased and received off of grants um, Stop the Bleed kits that we're able to put on every vehicle within Queen Anne's County government. So we're taking a very proactive approach and have spent a lot of time training and educating everybody that we can on how to prevent this from happening if it ever does happen in our county. Good stuff. Well, as you hear about these events around the U.S. and you're driving around in one of the units with no, no equipment, you'd feel like hell. So that's a, mm -hmm. that's that's a, a reason thing. why. Mm -hmm. Well, the sad part is if we don't have the equipment, we're several blocks away unable to do anything waiting for a go to, to enter wait and see you'll get it and we pray this never happens sure but it's better to be proactive and working better to have a goal and not being able it. to intervene and you know mitigate that situation absolutely all right any other questions 
Nope. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Didn't think so. All right, thank you, commissioners. While these gentlemen are still here, uh, we have two more items. Uh, number Item number three on pages four and five is the Zoll Cardiac Monitor and Automatic External Defibrillator Program acquisitions. So can I get a motion on that? I move to authorize the Director, Department of Emergency Services, to purchase one Zoll X Monitor utilizing the Maryland State contract and successfully award the... <laughs> MIMS. Huh? MIMS. MIMS. 50-50 grant at $39,758.01, utilizing the remaining funds to purchase automatic external defibrillators under the State of Maryland contracting price total of $32,109.99. Second. Yeah. So that's an acronym for? Maryland Institute of Emergency Medical Service System. They're the governing agency that oversees EMS operations in the State of Maryland. They license us. Glad I asked. <laughs> Any other questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? <clears throat> Five zero. That carries as well. Thank you, commissioners. And item number four <clears throat> on pages six, seven, and eight is an administrative emergency response vehicle purchase. I move to authorize the director of the Department of Emergency Services to purchase a 2023 Ford Interceptor piggybacking off of the Howard County contract number 44004546 from Heretrick Fleet Services for the amount of $46,544. Okay. Motion and a second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero motion carries. Now this is this was uh, I, I know I know I'm sorry. I, we already asked. I know questions. I already have I missed my chance. Uh, is this a replacement or just uh, an, an added the need? EMS chief's vehicle. So okay. it's a replacement for a vehicle for it'll take two okay. months to come in. Uh, my vehicle is nearing its end of life, about 186,000 miles. Okay. It's available. <laughs> How long do you think it'll be before you'll actually be using that vehicle? Because I mean, you, before it actually gets delivered, our FEC president wants the old one. That's hilarious. <laughs> that I can't wait to, you know, hopefully I'll be invited back. But the EMS duty officer we approved in last year's budget still not. is almost ready. We're hoping wow. to see it at the end of January. So it's taking but it's taking a long months time. Waiting for the chip. It's uh, uh, twelve to a chip that's months. on the ship. Chip and chassis. That's the channel. Also, every old EMS vehicle. Does it come with the sirens and all the gizmos? Whatever you want. I mean, he gets a skid loader. You get sirens. I think it's I only fair. I like sirens. <laughs> um, if That's I may, just this whole thing with chassis, which I'm sure you're aware of in your business, but future ambulance purchases, it's going to be 16, 17 months sometimes. Mm. So keep it in mind. This is also historic. Uh, three projects because these are Wheatley's last three projects with the department. Ah, uh, it's the it's setting up of his legacy. Yes. Well, actually, we still haven't approved it. Yeah, that's true. As I said, I'm glad the HR director is here to witness all this. Uh, she wrote the policy says right. you can't leave. She's on our side. She <laughs> said she don't know what you're talking about. We so. signed that check, too. <laughs> that paperwork got lost. <laughs> We're going to file this right down here. <laughs> Thank you very much for everything you've done. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Well done. All right, commissioners, moving right along. Item number five on page nine, we have the concession stand lease bid results from the Department of Parks and Recreation. Uh, they posted three 
um, three bids out for the concession stands at uh, Love Point, Churchill, and Route 18, and we received one from the Kent Island Youth Basketball and Softball Club for Kent Island for $1,200. I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to award the concession stand release contract for Old Love Point Park to Kent Island Youth Soccer League and Kent Island Youth Baseball and Softball Club in the amount of $1,200. Second. Second. Question, does each organization pay the 1200 or? They're working in tandem together. Okay. So they split the cost. All right, so it's 600 okay. 100 each. All right. Any other questions? Oh. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number six on page 10 is the ever essential Porta John bid uh, for <laughs> the. Uh, I find that we went from food to Porta Potty. <laughs> <laughs> they work together. Nice they work together, right? Nice you can't have one without the other. You didn't have a truck you needed in there? Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is a three, three year contract. It's not it's for parks and recreation, public landings, our transfer stations, and the Blue Heron Golf Course. So, uh, could I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to award the portable toilet bid to Pearson's Comfort Group in the amount of $214,366.50 for the next three years. So, that's not $214,000 a year, that's for all three years. Correct. Right. Uh -huh. Very good. Yes. Good. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Are they, lo are they local? They are, and they're our current bidder as well. They're current as we well. Got current okay. You got a pretty good working relationship with them. We've improved tremendously. Yeah. Good. All right. Thank you, Director Chandler. Thank you all. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, item seven on page eleven is uh, eleven through thirteen is the twenty twenty two Wreaths Across America request for funding. Uh, this is for the. Uh, property they have the Eastern Shore Veterans Cemetery in Herlock, and last year we contributed at the platinum level or corporate level, excuse me, at fifteen hundred dollars. Of what? Fifteen hundred dollars, Cor corporate level sponsorship. I move to sponsor the 2022 Reese Across America in the amount of three thousand dollars. Second. Double corporate. Okay. Motion. Second. Any discussion? Three thousand. Yes, sir. You want to go That's more? All? That's all. You want to go more? Yes. I thought we did five one year. But I, yeah, I I've got 5,000 written here. I thought we I did changed five. my motion to 5,000. Second, again. There we go. I'm not second. Now we're two and a half platinums. <laughs> two and a half. Right. The That's right. Uranium. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you, Jim. No worries. It's a good one. Yeah. Always great program. Thank you, commissioners. Item number eight on pages 14 that. through 26 is the Maryland Transit Administration Capital Grant Agreement. This is an annual agreement packet for FY23 for the capital program. This informs MTA that Queen Anne's County accepts federal and state funding to support transit services and county ride in uh, Queen Anne's County. I move to hereby accept the Maryland Transit Administration Capital Grant Agreement packet to certify the Queen Anne's County Department of Community Services Area 8. Area Agency on Aging will operate the public transit system and accept the awards as offered by the State of Maryland Department of Transportation for FY 2023. Second. Motion to second in discussion. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0 motion carries. 
Thank you, Commissioners. Item 9 on pages 27 through 114. Um, as you know, we're working on the new employee handbook. Uh, the Employee Communication and Morale Committee has been focusing on reviewing all of our countywide policies. This is the first group of those that are being revised and updated, and they include uh, Americans with Disabilities, <coughs> applicant travel expenses, reimbursements, background investigations, character counts, character counts, coaches, CDL driver's license, comp time, continuation of health benefits for fallen volunteers and employees, drug and alcohol testing, harassment and bullying, job descriptions, paid holidays, observed retiree health insurance program, and standby duty benefits. And we would recommend uh, adopting these policies effective January 1st of next year. I move that the above stated policies and employee handbook revisions are to be adopted as presented to be effective January 1st of 2023. Second. That was a lot of work. Motion to second in discussion? That was a lot of work. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right. Thank you, Commissioners. I do want to commend Beverly Churchill, our Human Resources Director, and the Morale Committee. They've done a lot of work on this, and they have more to go, so you'll see more of these coming in the future as well for the rest of the uh, policies. Okay. Item number 10 on pages 115 and 116 is a support letter request from the Kenton Harris Development Foundation Executive Director. They are soliciting for a Eastern Shore Heritage Grant uh, for an interpretive, interpretive trail map guide. I move to execute the support letter to the Eastern Shore Heritage Incorporated for the grant funding for the Kent Narrows Waterways Trail Map and Interactive Guide. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0 motion carries. Right. Thank you, Commissioners. Item number 11 on page 117 and 118. This is a request for authorization for uh, myself to appropriate funding for a broadband grant. And this is um, a broadband grant that came in just recently. The application is due on uh, December 5th, which is uh, before our next meeting. Uh, I know Megan Delgalio is here. She's uh, been working with the Broadband Commission to, to solicit uh, uh, interest from our ISPs, so we would be potentially authorizing an additional, up to additional $600,000 in matching funds uh, for potentially between 10 and $12 million in grants, you know, for this uh, broadband extension project. I move to authorize the county administrator to appropriate matching funds for the Connect Maryland FY23 network infrastructure grant for broadband up to 600000 based on recommendations made by the Broadband Advisory Council and their selection of ISPs to serve the remaining mapped and underserved areas of Queen Anne's County. Second. A motion second. Any uh, discussion, questions? I think it's a great project. We've participated the last three years, and so keep it going. Keep it rolling. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? By zero, motion carries. All right. Great job, Megan and Brian. Thank you for coming. Yeah. We appreciate the support. And we'll certainly advise the commissioners uh, when those, those come in and how much we're going to hopefully reap on that grant. Uh, item number 12 on page 119, uh, we have two budget amendments. First one is budget amendment CC30 for the sheriff's office. This is the DARE grant uh, adjustment. Got a motion on that? Motion to approve CC30. Second. 
All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries 5 0. All right, thank you, Commissioners. And item number 13 on pages 120 121, budget amendment CC 46. This is the FY22 closeout. Uh, the first part increases budget authority for all the funds that were uh, overspent, and part two transfers fund balance to general capital projects to fund our ongoing capital projects in our fiscal 24 budget. Motion to approve CC 46. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. All right. Yeah, All right. Thank you, commissioners. Well done. It's actually a big Go. item. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, commissioners, we have one desk item, and that is uh, our draft letter to the governor, governor's office outlining priority projects for his FY24 budget. I move to execute the letter to Governor Hogan outlining priority projects for the FY24 state budget. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion on that? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, 5-0. That motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Uh, next, I believe we have, that is all the action items we have this evening. We have one legislative item. We have county ordinance number 2211. This was uh, some revisions to um, uh, treatment charges for sewage septage at the um, wastewater treatment plant and this is a kind of a housekeeping item where we had a conflict between the code and the rate schedule no no public testimony has been given. motion to adopt county ordinance 2211 second any discussion all those in favor aye, aye. aye. any opposed five zero motion carries all right commissioners that brings us to press and public comments part two we got none. We all mine? All right. Round table. I'll go. You first. go first? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I, 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 I'm sure um, this will be re reiterated by my fellow commissioners. Um, but Commissioner Steve Wilson, it has been an absolute pleasure serving these four years with you. Um, our county is in great financial shape because of the efforts of this commission and the leadership on your part towards that AAA bond rating that we've worked so hard to manage and take that fiduciary responsibility with our taxpayers' dollars. So I tip my cap to you and the eight years of service that you've served as a commission here in Queen Anne's County, and I will miss you. Um, uh, I want to also share the fact that uh, Commissioner Chris Corcorino and myself were able to attend uh, the award dinner. Um, our superintendent of Queen Anne's County Schools, Dr. Salins, received superintendent of the year. Uh, so we had an opportunity to go down to Ocean City and, and, uh, and join her in that celebration. And I think it was very exciting for her because uh, they flew her, sister, her daughter in from Mississippi. So it was a huge surprise that her daughter was there. And she also was unaware that the commissioner, Chris Corcoran and myself, were attending. So she's not nearly as excited as her More daughter coming from Mississippi. Thick, but, but. but she was excited we were there as well. So kudos to her and, and, and uh, for that accomplishment. Um, she was in a, a ballroom filled with, with her peers uh, from across the state of Maryland. Uh, and it was quite an accomplishment to receive that award. So we are very, very fortunate. Absolutely. That's all I have. All right. 
Commissioner Jack. Yes, so I will step into the uh, the Wilson conversation and <laughs> no longer will we be the Wilson bookends on this commission. <laughs> it's a sad day, certainly. Um, and while you won't occupy the chair, your presence here will always be felt for your leadership over the last, for me, seven and a half years working with you. Um, like Phil said, your wisdom on the fiscal side is going to be sorely missed on this commission as you brought something here that uh, probably none of us are even going to become close to fill those shoes. Um, working with you on the fire side and, and your support there. It's so many people don't know what it is to be a commissioner. They think they see us here. Some of them don't even know who their commissioners are. And, and then once or twice they get to see us on this TV. But all the hours that go in behind the scenes and all the little meetings and all the things that do actually make a difference that like I said, the average person doesn't see, and, and, and you were one of the best at that, like Scott said earlier, 4,000 hours, that was probably an understatement as the number of hours you spent uh, working with DES and all, and we're all better for it in the county, and you are sorely going to be missed, sir. Thank you, sir. And happy Thanksgiving, too. Right. Right. Commissioner Moran? Well, we'll keep it rolling. What do you think? So. You know, Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about, I mean, I've had the pleasure of serving with you for eight years, sitting next to you for eight years, and, and a whole plethora of different projects, different arguments, and different uh, discussions. And, and I will say, you know, uh, life is a journey. And I think that it enriches each and every one of us or every soul that we meet. And I'm damn proud to have met you and to serve with you, and I think you're just a great human being and all the friends that, all the friends and, and all the good you've done to this county. No worries, so, no worries. As for me, uh, I got a lot of thanks from <clears throat> the staff besides the commissioners. And really that thanks is to all of us. I mean, it's been a kind of uh, almost excessive expression of uh, goodness which really didn't come out of me, but came out of us as a group. But since I'm getting, uh, you know, sort of become the uh, hood ornament for the county commissioners, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the uh, sainthood here. But it's really shared amongst all of us because we did a good job and we get on well. And it was it was fun. It was instructive. And you're a lovely bunch. And thank you. Very well. All right. Well, that leaves it to me then, I guess. Uh, so I've only known Steve for four years. Um, You're the baby in the group. I'm the baby in the group, right? But, I, but I've learned, and, and it's not just the, the eight years you've been commissioner. I mean, this is a, a lifetime that you have given to this county. Yeah. Um, not just you, but your family's history of philanthropy in this county. Um, and I think uh, what a tremendous accomplishment you did building on what your parents did for the county as well. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm glad for the four years with you, and I'm, I'm glad to call you a friend as well. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm on. Todd? I think, I think we, uh, and with that. Well, no, I think actually we're going yeah. to let Todd uh, chime in and oh, say yeah, something. Gonna, break from tradition here. I have a. I have a just a kind of a funny story. I mean, it, it goes back to my, my days as public works and in the roads division, we had a big, big storm, huge storm. One of those 24 inches and we were, we were out there pushing snow and for days and days. And we came in here and we updated the commissioners and Stevie was up here and 
you know, I was getting all kind of accolades because we got the roads open, we got the schools open, everybody was happy, they were thanking me every which way you know, I could turn. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then finally, Stevie had enough. He says, all right, I'm going to thank you, but I think you've been overthanked at this point. We're going to cut that off. Good job, and then just keep it up. To the point. It makes the point. That's right. So we move on. So we, we learn from all those things. But no, it's been a it's been a pleasure working only not only with with uh, Commissioner Steve Wilson. This this entire administration has been tremendous, and I think. Uh, I think Stevie hit it on the head that uh, all the accolades we received, he received. Really, it's a it's a, it's a group effort. It, uh, is. And it takes it Absolutely. takes a team. It's like any good team yeah. when you have the right players and the right mix. It it, yeah. it, it works very well. And this uh, this was uh, certainly a fine administration. I uh, I enjoyed you know being the administrator for this group you know very much. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, when the staff is as uh, congratulatory as they've been. It means you've done a good job in your sure. relationship, and that's uh, nothing I did. It's something that the group did, so, you know, well done. How's that? Said? Why don't you take us out for the well, last time? I mean, just so, so the people back home understand, this is, this is the last meeting of this Board of County Commissioners. On Tuesday, December 6th, there is the swearing-in um, of the new commissioners. It's at the historic courthouse. If you've never been to, to see that, you should come by. It's open to the public. and. And that starts at what time? Uh, 530. 5.30. 5.30. 5.30. Okay. 5.30. Mm -hmm. So you can come and witness, you know, the peaceful transition of power in your own local government. Um, and then the, the first meeting of the new commissioners will be that, that following um, 13th. Tuesday, 13th. And yep. we'll, we'll break in the new guy and we'll miss Stevie. And with that, that with that, that's your adjourn. Why don't you adjourn us for the last time? Move to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Aye.